This is Tell Your Story, Alaska. We talk aviation, history, theology, but most of all, the raw stories of Alaskans and the gospel. Zero six Juliet, taking runway one six for departure. McGrath. Here we go. Oh, the nice long runway, huh, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> long and smooth. Did it feel heavier now? Yeah, I can tell the difference. <laughs> oh yeah, not that big. Come on, guys. She barely got off the ground. <laughs> cruising here so I think we'll start. Uh, we just took off from McGrath and this is going to be a very special episode of Tell Your Story Alaska because we are airborne and uh, it's really nice being not, I'm not PIC today and I'm just kind of relaxed and letting my friend Jeff take in all the stress of flying. We got some uh, little bit of weather to our left but straight ahead it's clear and we're going to fly from McGrath through Rainy Pass and back home to Big Lake today, and with me is a couple of friends, Daryl and Gina, and Daryl and Gina just spent, uh, oh Daryl, how long were you uh, at the camp? It's seven days. Seven days. Okay, you can put your mouth really close to the mic so I can hear you good. Seven days at camp. Okay, seven days at camp, and Daryl and Gina were there. Leading a really big team, you can correct me, Daryl, if I say anything wrong. We're leading a really big team of uh, uh, workers to get the camp ready for summer camp. Correct. So about forty people. Forty people. Wow, that's, that's actually more people than I thought. Um, that's why I have two pages of things. We got. That's why you have two pages. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You got a notebook out with the you know, full of text of everything that you did at camp. So uh, I thought this would be a cool episode to talk about um, Cochrane Hills Bible Camp and what your involvement there is and what you did in this last week and why this year was unique. And so let's start with Daryl. Um, how did you get connected to Cochrane Hills Bible Camp, and how long have you been helping out there? So, uh, through my local church, The Crossing, um, we used to sponsor a work camp team every year. And we would go out and prep the camp for even campers. And uh, at the time, the, the gentleman who was leading the was uh, leading us out there every year. After we were about three years into serving out there, we go every June, basically. First week of June, we try to go out. I think we went out the second week. But uh, he uh, took another job outside down the lower 48. So he approached me and asked me if I would take over getting the, the out there. And through that, we've, we've actually partnered with other churches. So we had uh, a group, two groups from New York here out this year. We had a team from Florida, and then we have a couple folks that come up from Oregon. And so, combined, we had about 40 people total doing it. And then, uh, as I as I continued to serve out there, my wife and I, Gina, uh, continued to serve out there. Uh, 
How long ago was that, your first time out? So the first time, I think, was around 2010 or 11. Okay, uh, so it's maybe been 13, 12, 13 years. Yeah, 12, 13 years. Wow, okay. And, uh, and then, you know, we were, we, up until last year, two years ago, we were just going out every summer to, uh, to work and, and do camp prep. Okay. And every year it's a little bit different because there's always things that happen during the winter, so you're just trying to recover a lot from winter. But, uh, that, that summer of, I think it was 2020, uh, 19 or 20, the camp suffered a fire and uh, burned down the workshop. Oh, yeah. So Gene and I were praying about, okay, what what's going to happen to the camp, Lord? You know, just tell us and, and show us how we can be more involved with it. And then about, like, literally, like, three days later, Roger Huntington shows up at my door, calls me and says, hey, Like, at your house yeah. in Eagle River? Yeah, so we're <laughs> 300 miles from camp. Yeah. And, uh, and he calls me and says, hey, can I come by? I want to talk to you about something. And, uh... So that's, he came by and talked to us and he says, hey, I've been uh, wondering if maybe you guys would be interested in taking up camp logistics. Wow. Because uh, Chet Godin was doing that work for years and years and Chet was getting, Chet was getting up in age. Yep. And it was hard for him. So, uh, you know, that was kind of like, okay, that that just was the Lord answering our prayer and how we could be involved with the camp more. So we picked up camp logistics and now we do the... The food runs, basically, we buy, crate, and ship all the food out to camp for, for, the, for the kids' camps, along with now helping hands out of, uh, out of Fairbanks also helps with some of that as well. So between the two, two groups, we get, we get it all done. Okay, so pretty much since uh, the workshop burned down in 2020, I remember when that happened. Yeah. It, the pictures of it were, like, devastating. Yep. And it, that was where the generator was, right? Yep. So they lost the diesel generator. Yep. But uh, they got a new one, I believe, through Samaritan's Purse. Partially, yeah. There was a partial donation from Samaritan's Purse, I think, and, the, and a couple others uh, that went in and, and purchased that generator. Oh, neat. It okay. was funny, you know, it's, it's funny how God works in that stuff because you have a camp need, and not only did they, they get one generator, but they got two. Oh, you're kidding. I didn't yeah. know that. So there's actually two large generators. One's, uh, I think one is a little bit smaller than the other, but they're both capable of running the camp full time. That's really amazing. So they have some, they have some backup. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, that's the thing about these remote camps is it's kind of a one spot failure point is yeah. the generator. Single points of failure just aren't good things to have. So yes. And you're, because generators are expensive and all that, that's usually just the way it is. Yeah. Right. And so in a weird way, the fire was a blessing. I, and I've seen the new shed. It's beautiful. Did you help cons with the construction of it? So we did uh, we did a little bit of the concrete work associated with it, but the, a team came in from Pennsylvania with uh, with some guys out of Pennsylvania. And I don't think they're not really Amish, but they're, they're like a breakaway of the Amish. Sure. That have found Christianity and... and uh, Oregon Christianity. And, um, so they came out and they basically put the rest of the shed together. Um, there, there was a team from Texas that did a little bit of it late in the season and then they came in and finished it. Okay. So you so basically were doing that work while we were doing all the work to get the camp ready to open. Oh, all the other stuff. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, so basically you've taken on the role as like kind of coordinator for the camp prep every summer, the beginning of the summer. Yeah. And since we, 2020. We kind of, um, we arrange transportation and get the teams uh, to and from the camp with whatever resources we can muster up. And, uh, and also uh, hauling all the food out. Yeah. Which is a, a big haul. Yeah, most of that goes to Nanana, and then it gets barged down river, uh, yep. the Yukon River, and yep. uh, delivered right directly to camp. As a matter of fact, the barge was supposed to arrive today. Okay, so you didn't get to see it this time? No. Okay. Not this time. We've unloaded it before. Funny, the barge will show up at all hours of the We've had them come in at 2 a.m. Uh, of course. And then when the barge shows up, you're working because they got to get, they keep moving. Yeah, you're on the barge schedule, not your sleep schedule. Correct. Yeah, welcome to camp. Yeah, welcome oh. to camp life. <laughs> and now, um, you are uh, well qualified for coordinating this sort of thing because this is your job for the Air Force, isn't that right? Yeah, kind of. I, I work in the civil engineering squadron on the, on the air base, and uh, my job is really, it's like a public works director position that's... Uh, I'm the operations flight deputy, but it's like a chief of public works. Okay, and so, you know, coordinating um, tasks with people is something you do for your work anyways. Yes. And that makes you uh, a good guy for the job. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I just know that makes it easy for Roger to say, just go ask Daryl. <laughs> yeah, I can see Roger, uh, he's really good at empowering others. I really appreciate that about him. And um, just for the listeners, Roger Huntington, there is an episode with him where he told his story, and he is the director of, uh, I know I ask him sometimes what his title is, and he just says, I just follow Jesus. But yeah. basically, he's the director of Cockred Hills Bible Camp, and yeah. he lives there year-round. Yeah, and I, th I think he's, I don't know if he's chairman or president of the board of directors, but uh, um, yeah. But something like he's that. The guy, he's the guy that's been most involved with camp for the longest period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, so... I mentioned him and Carol live out there year-round remotely, so... Yeah. Yeah. So this year was um, a very unique year of camp prep, uh, and what made it unique this year? So, uh, the Yukon River, when it breaks up every year, um, they suffer ice jams, typically, and then what that does is that backs up water, and... Um, this year, the camp flooded uh, all the way up into the camp area, which has never happened before, at least not on record. Um, so I don't know if you'd call that a 100-year or 500-year flood, but literally the water level at the river rose probably 35 feet or so. Was it really that much? Yeah, 35 feet? Yeah, right around 35 That's feet. That's an amazing that amount of water. And I, I saw pictures from one of the government websites. There's an ice jam just downriver. Yeah, south of there. Um, it jammed up and I mean they, they go through this process a little bit every year yeah but not near to the extent that we had it this year right right and that, so there was there was lots and lots of debris a lot of silt scattered around I mean we had buildings toppled over you know it's a remote camp so we have outhouses and stuff like that out there and yeah. The infirmary infirmary was floating. The basketball court was floating. Um, buildings were floating away. Uh, Carol's greenhouse floated away. 
Yeah, and I, I was able to see a little bit. I, I flew you guys out, uh, you know, a week ago, seven days ago. Yeah. I saw Carol's greenhouse was in a totally different spot. Yeah. Did the other buildings move to totally different locations as Some well? The, the, uh, the infirmaries moved. Fortunately, they were able to drag it back to close to where it was, and then we reset it. Most of the buildings out there, um, they're not on normal foundations. They're kind of floating facilities, and they're on dunnage. So we... Rejacked re up the building, got it all reestablished and reset. And it's probably about four feet from where it used to be, but there was no reason to move it any more than that. Yeah, sure. Get it settled up again. Yeah, and you got it leveled up and everything. Yeah. Is it sit on those corkscrews so you can adjust the height? No, like uh, those? It's literally, it's on blocks. Oh, okay. <laughs> blocks of wood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what about the basketball court? What did you have to do to that? So, um, the basketball court. Um, stripped all the uh, it, it literally floated so if you can picture this in your mind and there's I think there's some photographs out there of it uh, Carol's grandson was standing on the basketball court and the hoop was at his knees which means that's a 10 foot hoop but the whole thing was floating off its foundation wow so when it settled obviously it didn't settle on the foundation it settled back in the general area Okay. So there, there were some guys that uh, from another group that came out of Pennsylvania and uh, and South Carolina, North Carolina, and they were busy trying to get that recentered on its foundation because on the barge that's coming in, we have new decking for it. So it'll have a whole brand new basketball court deck. Oh, they are. I didn't know they were bringing a new deck. Yeah, bringing in a new deck. That one's been there since I've been going out to camp. Wow. Every year we seal it patch it and do that type of thing, but it was time. Yeah, Roger's been talking about that for a couple of years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was something else he was hoping Samaritan's first would help with, but uh, they're, they're a pretty generous organization when it comes to camp. Yeah, and does Cochran Hills have other big supporters like Samaritan's Purse? Um, I don't know how many they have, honestly. I know that they get support from other areas. There were... And certainly a lot of the churches uh, that send teams out do support for the church as well, or for the camp. Yeah, I was thoroughly surprised when I, I was only there a short time dropping you guys off, but how many people were there from the lower 48 mostly? Yeah, I mean, and we, were, we were the only ones there, Gene and I, we were the only ones there from Alaska. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I had a couple folks from my church that were supposed to come out with us, but it didn't end up working out because... Obviously, we had a weird winter this year, and, and we weren't the only place that flooded here on, on the Yukon. Uh, one of the guys I, that I go to church with, he works for FEMA, so he was working all the flooding that took place in Glen Allen and trying to get all that restoration done out there. So that took him away from what we were trying, wanting to do out here. Yeah, and, uh, and also at um, just further downriver on the Yukon, where Jeff and I flew for a Keiko Retreat Center, they didn't get flooding at the camp, but um, they did have some uh, uh, fuel tanks down by the river. And the fuel tanks uh, were floating, and they, they were able to get down there and tie them to trees, but the trees were knocked over. Oh. So they went down there, and they opened, the tanks were empty, so they opened the valves to sink the tanks so they wouldn't move. Oh, my. But they couldn't sink two of them, and so they tied them real good to trees, but those trees fell over, and so it was just a, a struggle. Yeah. But yeah, the, the flooding affected a lot of people. Yeah, I know Russian Mission took a, a pretty hard hit with it as well. The 
think their airport went underwater and some other stuff. Yeah, they did. I was able to see it. And uh, normally when I fly for Keiko, um, we use Russian Mission a lot. But we were unable to use Russian Mission this year. And I got a lot of pictures of it totally underwater. Or the runway is underwater. Yeah. Really amazing. And the, I know the, the folks there had a hard time, you know, without their airstrip. Yeah. So on top of the normal work we do, we had all the flooding repairs to do. And, um, so that took a lot of, like, a good chunk of our time. But um, we got rid of a lot of brush, cleaned up a lot of areas, did a lot of repairs to the buildings. Wow. Um, yeah, so let's go through your list there. You got two pages of stuff. Yeah. Just tell us about, you know, just some more about the damages you had to repair and everything you had to do. What are some of the unique ones? So, um... I mean, and some of it's some of it's like earthwork. So there's there's equipment out of camp. You, when you go out to camp, you look at it and you think, how does all this stuff get out here? But it's the barge system, and so they've been able to bring equipment out and have out there at the at the camp. So there was work work with the dozer that we had to do just to get the roads where they could be used, the, pa the paths, I guess, or I guess we call them roads, um, to and from the riverbank, and. But all that silt, it just created a real muddy, sloppy mess. So there was a lot of grooming of that stuff to be done. Um, a, couple of, a couple of hillsides, uh, areas behind the cabins. Uh, through the winter, they do some snow clearing in there during the winter. And so there were some cuts in the bluff, in like a bluff area. Not, not too tall, but a bench, I guess, more than a bluff. And those had to be groomed out with a dozer. Wow. Um, the, the, there was a zip line. There's a zip line out there. It's yeah. not a very big one, but it's a little zip line the kids use. The platform for that had floated and <laughs> twisted around, so we rebuilt the platform for that. Well, I appreciate that. My kids love that little zip line. Do they really? Nice. They do. Yep. Yeah. Um, the dock had to be drugged back to the water because the main boat dock was um, probably a good hundred yards from where it originally was. Wow, because those are normally tied down, too. Yeah, there's, there's a dead man in the bank, but um, they had to release it from that. And when they did, there was no place else to tie it up. So we, were, like they did in Russian Mission, we were tying stuff to trees. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, the trees stayed in place. Yeah. Even the greenhouse was tied to a tree at one point. <laughs> um, did they lose a lot of trees at Cochrane? Yeah, we, we probably cut up couple of dozen trees while we wow. were there. Wow, that's really sad because the trees make it really pretty around there. It does. There. It's, it's funny though, but you know, it's, it's, Carol made the comment today before we left. She says, yeah, she says, I don't have the trees anymore, but she says, but I don't have to go down to the river to see what the river's doing now. I can see it from the Fort <laughs> well, Fine Hall. She has a way of see, seeing the silver lining, doesn't yeah. she? Carol's the, she one of the does. sweetest ladies, which the, this is a, a slight bunny trail. But I found out that Kara was half Swedish and half Eskimo. And I am mostly Swedish. So her and I had a good connection and chat about That's Swedish cool. culture. It was fun. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about um, some of the support they get um, as tribal members. And uh, her village that she's from, the village of Nome. Yeah. And, uh, and she's also part of... Uh, it is Ferry Street's Native Corporation. Oh, cool. Tied in both ways. Yeah, she's been quite heavily involved uh, with the community over the years. She's yeah. held a lot of positions. It's, it's really cool. It's funny because Roger will tell you it took him two years to get her to go to lunch with him. And uh, normally Eskimos and uh, 
Alaskans don't they don't associate or marry or anything, and so it's kind of unique that Roger's mostly Athabaskan and uh, and Carol's Eskimo. Oh yeah, that that is neat. Very cool. Um, we had a footbridge that we had to rebuild. Um, it floated away. Um, what's interesting is it didn't float very far, and actually. And again, it's sometimes God at work. The footbridge actually floated towards their cabin, and when it did, it lifted up and stood on end, and You're literally kidding. it blocked the ice from tearing the front wall out of their cabin and all the windows. No kidding. So even though the floor flooded, you know, they had probably three foot of water in their cabin, um, they were able to not have a, any real structural damage other than the water damage, which was nice. That is amazing, and I know what footbridge you're talking about. It's like a, a like a scenic little pretty bridge. Looks like something out of the Shire. <laughs> yeah, so we, we put all that back together while we were there. Oh, cool. Um, there was, uh, there's always a lot of cleanup because with Roger and Carol living there, things take place during the winter months, and things get moved around and, and staged in areas, so all that's got to be cleaned up. So we did a lot of moving of fishing nets and movement of equipment. Uh, Obviously, everything that came out of their cabin uh, was staged in tubs so that it could be cleaned up and, and that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of moving that up so that the, the, big, the big thing we do is we want to make sure that the camp is safe for the campers. We don't want them getting into anything that's going to get them hurt. So Yeah, we, absolutely. We Very cool. That. And that's probably something you've got to do every year. That's, that's kind of yeah, the normal. Every year routine thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, Roger has a plan for the work camps that he wants to do a live stream. So they've recently put up a uh, Starlink internet, and we moved that from their cabin over to Porcupine Hall. Oh, yeah. So that uh, that makes internet available for anybody that wants to use it, which is Well, that will be really nice for us pilots because we normally are checking weather and stuff in the morning, and we just barely get, like, one bar. Yeah. But now with the Starlink, it's faster, yeah. and it's uh, more... Uh, better signal, so that's great. Yep. So that was that was a nice thing to to get done. Cool. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so does Jeff. The other the other thing that we were like I said, we had a couple of outhouses that were tipped over. We had to get those put back in together. Uh, uh, we have a shed there that's got all the life preservers for when they're on the river and fishing poles and all that kind of stuff. Oh yes. That was moved. We had to move that probably. I don't know, 30 or 50, 30 to 50 feet, and it was on its side. The uh, the sports equipment shed was laying on its side. We had to write that, fix some doors and stuff on that. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And each one of these items, you're saying them quickly, but it just sounds like an entire day's work to, like, write a shed and then move it. Yeah. Wow. So, and that's where it's nice when, you know, many hands make light work. So having 40 people out there, we really got a lot accomplished. And it was a... We don't always have that. It's just God providing and making sure that the right people were there to do what needed to be done. Yeah, 40 people, absolutely. I, I got to chat with one of the guys when I was there briefly, and I said, man, I bet this is just fulfilling all of your man-adventure desires, and they all just laughed and patted each other on the back and that, that kind of thing. It really is a, a neat thing how this kind of service fulfills something in us. Uh, you know, for work, for adventure, and all that. It does, and I mean, that's. I think that's the hook that it, that happens when you go out there and go to work for a week during yes. the summer. Is it, it just keeps drawing you back in. I mean, I know that's what happened to me. As I went out one year, and I'm like, 
told Gina when we got home, I said, you know, I said, I think I'm going to have to go back. Um, so, and we have been ever since. And, she, and the sweetheart that she is, she supports me in that. <laughs> Sweet wife. Us men need our wives. I like that. Yeah. The other, uh, one of the other things that took place, a lot of the equipment that was there, obviously, was flooded. So we had several pieces of equipment that had to be flushed, change oil, make repairs, um, and, and stuff you don't even think about it, like small generators or uh, ATVs, things like that. And these things all had to be torn apart and, uh, and repaired. So wow, there's a, and there's a lot of that kind of stuff there. There's a, there's a, there's a ton of it. That's just an unbelievable amount of work. Wow. Yeah. The uh, all the supplies in the infirmary, a lot of them were flooded and wet, so those all had to be replaced. So uh, Helping Hands was really good and shipped out a lot of that for us, and we were able to put that back in order so that it's ready for camp. And uh, so Jason and Joni, there at Helping Hands, they they're nice to work with. Oh, that's great. And you've worked with them before? Yeah, we started, yeah, last year was the first year we started working with them, but they have uh, they have some really good resources out there. So. Yeah, that's really neat. I've heard of Helping Hands, and they seem like a great organization. Yeah. Cool. Um, they have a, they have a shooting range so yeah. they, that they use there at the, for the kids, and it's, they shoot 22s out there. Well, all that area was also flooded. So all the shooting benches had been moved and relocated and broken up, so we had to rebuild all the shooting benches for that. Wow. Well, you probably, you probably had to start over from scratch, huh? In some cases, yeah. I mean, we, we were able to find enough parts for some of them to put them back together, but uh, like anything. Uh, we had we had freezers that had to be cleaned out uh, that were in the basement. Yeah. Flooded. Fortunately, most of those went back to work. Okay. I'm still coughing. I've got a cold. I uh, will forgive you since you've been working probably 20-hour days for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, uh, what else we got here? Obviously, the mowers uh, that we used to keep the grass and everything clear, those were all underwater. We had to repair all those. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I usually mow the runway every year. Yeah, we did that just uh, this past week. We Great. got the... The tow behind mower working, and we're able to get that done. There was a lot of little small trees starting to pop up in there, so you got to keep those things knocked down so you yeah. puncture tires for the aircraft. Yep, I appreciate that. Tires are expensive. Yeah, those tires on yours are a little expensive. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, there was there was things that was some things that were just damaged beyond repair. We had a conic box that had sacks of concrete in it. Well, what happens with concrete? You, know, you end up with a bunch of big bricks of concrete. Right. What you end up with. Right. What, what on earth do you do with that, right? Yeah. Just got to dump it somewhere? Pretty much, you guys got to put it in the, in the dump. Yeah. Um, and when I was there briefly, they were burning a lot of stuff. Was there a lot of burning this week? Uh, a lot of the tree stuff. A lot okay. of the cardboard, but... Um, was any of it salvageable for firewood or anything like that? Um, some of the trees were. We actually ended up filling up uh, with the woodshed under Porcupine Hall. We cut and split a bunch of wood and filled that up. Oh, uh, we probably got Roger and Carol's woodshed half full of wood in there. Oh. With, most, with mostly birch that yeah. had been knocked down. The ice, the ice as you well know... Um, and, and it's really evident when you fly over that one island coming into camp. I mean, it just leveled all the trees on that island. Yes. Those ice chunks are so heavy. It looked like 
someone went in there with a giant foot and just kind of gently flattened them all out. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. What it reminded me of is I don't know if you remember back when Mount St. Helens went erupted. It just I was not alive yet, uh, but I oh. I've, I have read about it. <laughs> so there there are pictures out there that show where it just just leveled forests of uh, of trees. Wow! And it just looked like it looked a bunch of like Lincoln that. logs sitting there on a pile. Yep. Looking yeah. Like it. Wow. Wow. Um, and then uh, we we did the dog the slope work. One of the things we found this year is uh, we. Knowing Alaska, we have a lot of freezing of the ground during the during the winter. Yeah, and that frost line here can go anywhere from ten to twelve. To in some cases, probably fourteen feet up north of us. But uh, we have a uh, we have a bathhouse that was built uh, since I've been going. That was a bit a lot of a lot of that was part of the donations from Samaritan's Purse as well. But what we noticed is that the foundation is is pushing in, so the ice, the water gets in the soil on the outside of it, and it freezes and expands, and then it leaves a gap, and that gap fills. Yep. So we've noticed that the beams are pushing out on that. So we did some re temporary repairs to that for this year, but we're going to have to actually dig that foundation back up. Uh, wow. It's probably next year. Okay. Hopefully, uh, it, was, it was so wet this year that it wasn't a good idea to bring the big excavator down and try and do any of that kind of work. So we stabilized it for now uh, one of the guys from New York Jeremy did a great job of getting that all put together and uh, fixing that up so wow wow but yeah that's that's a, kind of a, a smattering of what type of work we do out there it's it uh, every year's a different different list it just depends on what happens and then normally we'll try and build something while we're there but this year we we just didn't have the time to do that even with the people we had it was about keeping everything together that yeah because there was so much broken things yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to build new but you got to maintain what you have and, and that's what our focus was for this time yeah wow that's uh a lot daryl and i appreciate you doing it so tell me briefly your heart um kind of your heart behind all of this work why cochran hills why come and do all this work? Tell me kind of the heart, the passion behind that. So I think for me is I, I see a lot of mission work done uh, other places. And, and to me, there's there's a real need in Alaska for mission work. So, um, you know, we're, we're called to go. Doesn't mean we have to go to another country. We can serve right here at home. And, and, and I just, I like serving at home. That's where my heart is. My heart's here in Alaska. So it's it's nice, and once I got into this uh, going to camp with Cochrane Hills, the mission they do and the and the people they serve within the villages is just phenomenal. And uh, I just I like the fact that they're a light in the in the interior for for the children of the villages. I just think that's an awesome thing. So, yes. So yeah. it's it's kind of my passion now. I enjoy it. Um, I continue to get more involved with camp. Um, just see where it takes me and where the Lord takes me with it. As long as he keeps pushing me that direction, that's where I'm going to keep going. I love that. And you even um, bought yourself an airplane. Yeah, I, I bought a, a Cessna 182, and, and I'm still learning to fly. I'm not licensed yet. Uh, but I got a, I got a, a friend who's teaching me, and, and uh, hopefully next year I'll just fly myself out to camp. And, um, 
Wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah, that was that was my goal for this year, but I had a little bit of a setback last year, and it prevented me from finishing all that. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I want to get my wife in the plane with me. Yep. I think it'll be fun for us, and, and uh, she'll, en she'll enjoy doing that. And it gives us some freedom to be out of camp more often instead of just doing that week, because um, we have a board meeting out there at camp oh, yeah. in July, and um, go out there for that, but I just, I'm looking forward to being able to just... And, and of course, that entire time investment, the training, the hardship of that, the financial burden, is all for, this is your passion. Your heart is at camp for the mission for Alaska. And uh, yeah, I love that. I love your heart. And I certainly appreciate all of your work at camp. It'll make my experience there better. I'm hoping to get my family out. I know you were, you were trying to get to uh, improving some housing for me and the family, but yep. just with so much going on, you didn't quite get there. But um, Daryl, I really appreciate your hard work out there, and I hope you get to go home and you know uh, kick up your feet tonight. I'll probably sleep good tonight. I, <laughs> I be, in my so. own, be in my own bed. Yeah. So. All right, well, Daryl, I really appreciate taking the time to do a recording. Um, we're still flying along here. We're just entering uh, Rainy Pass, and uh, it's getting a little bit turbulent. And uh, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. So, Daryl, thank you for taking the time. Thank you all for listening to Tell Your Story Alaska, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you, Billy. If you have a story that you would like told, please contact me at tysalaska at gmail.com, tysalaska at gmail.com.